if you don't have the funds to like go and get like artist grade paints and also if you're just practicing and seeing how uh, to go about it just try it I mean nothing nobody cares <laughs> like just if you're interested in doing it just do it you don't have to show anyone This is Commonplace, the show about creative people and the things that inspire them. I'm Nathan Thomas. For the first episode of the new year, we have an artist whose work isn't seen at museums or at art fairs, but in the community. Nicole Westfall is a Charleston, West Virginia-based muralist whose work can be seen as nearby as Charleston, Onnington, and Morgantown, and as far away as Florida. In our conversation, we talk about how she came into working with bigger pieces, the importance of having a workspace outside of your home, and her art style but we begin by talking about her most recent thrift store find. I got this like ugly pair of blue Converse high tops um, because I think they'll be perfect to paint in, to wear an all blue ensemble with the blue shoes. Yeah, dirty up if you need to. Mm -hmm. You won't feel any guilt. No guilt. Yeah. I just threw out my other pair of painting sneakers. So, how long does a pair of painting sneakers usually stay with you? Ooh, those ones were okay. Those were long past their lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, I think, a year and a half, and you know they were so smelly. Mm-hmm. It was like sour milk. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so how many how many different painting jobs did you get out of them? Oh well, like the um, I mean, I don't know. There's a handful, so. The worst one was, you know, wearing them every day for a month and a half mm-hmm. and be like super stressed out. And these are like big, massive jobs, like full size walls or like over here at the park near the uh, the tennis courts. Yeah, I think I wore park. I think I wore my docks mm-hmm. while doing that one because it was colder. Um, so I have usually two or three pairs that I will switch out. Um, but the sneakers, I mean, I tie my shoes like socks, like they're super tight. No air is coming in and coming out. So it gets hot and sweaty in there. It's just Nothing's escaping. No, it's just absorbing into the insole <laughs> and I'll take them out and I'll wash them. And it doesn't help. But those, yeah, it was a, the first job I wore them on was a huge job. It was in Parkersburg and then another big one in Charleston. And that was a job where like the lead artist, I was, a, um, I was their local assistant for this job, um, and the lead artist was in the hospital, so it was, like, really stressful time, um, so my feet were howling, and uh, it just stuck to the shoes, and then I kept them for a year after that, and it was so gross. But now... <laughs> so now Huntington has once, provided. Thank you. Once you get home, they're going right into the trash can. Yeah, I already did it. They, they've been, I said my goodbyes, and then I was Gave it a Viking funeral, yeah. sent it down the Canara <laughs> oh River. God. Oh, I can't even imagine them on fire, just the smell already, and then adding. Well, that's the Elk River's problem, you know. (laughs) Well, and they've had enough chemicals in that thing, so I don't think anyone will notice. Maybe it would mix together to make something really pleasant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lost opportunity. Mm. Next time, once you dirty the snoo pair up enough. One thing I like about you that's different than the other artists I've had on, and I've only had like a couple 
um, to work within like painting on so far is that the scale you work at is like much larger. Um, whereas like Lindsay Emmett or Brandy Jeffries, they're working on like these smaller paintings, but you're doing these like large murals, um, business interiors, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Is that something that you kind of just fell into or did you pick that up to like help yourself stand out? Um, I started making larger work in college. It wasn't, I don't think it was necessarily paintings. It was a large scale like printmaking and drawing, um, which then turned into like installation. So with more sculpture, Um, I did my first mural while I was in college um, and I didn't do a good job, (laughs) whatever, but (laughs) you know, tried it out. Practice. Yeah. And, um, then I kind of just did them every once in a while because it was good for money and I liked doing it um, while I had other jobs. And then when I got um, a fellowship with the Tamarack Foundation, I had to, I felt like I should choose what I was doing. And so then I just chose murals because I like doing it um, and people really appreciate it. And so then it just kind of happened, I guess. And with a lot of these, like, national grant organizations Mm -hmm. that try to do, like, urban renewal or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of talk about, like, creative placemaking and murals being, like, a big part of that, Mm -hmm. where, like, city governments will try to, like, find grant money to give to artists like yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's the perfect time, um, especially here. And then also I learned this method um, from the artists that I kind of mentioned earlier about involving the community more um, and making that art. Uh, so that's kind of helped as well. And also that's kind of why you start doing it anyway. Um, with things in the public space, you want people to be involved, people who see it every day. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Everything kind of fell into place, which is whatever. I mean, no, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I kind of worked at it, but not really. Like, I had no idea what was going to happen. But, like, it fell into it, and it's been positive so far. Yeah. I did a year with the city of Huntington and this, Mm -hmm. like, AmeriCorps-type thing, running a mini-grant program. And, you know, I remember a lot of the discussions and a lot of the meetings were with those, like, community, uh, like, stakeholders Mm -hmm. to, like, make sure like hey do you want this the money's here but if you don't want it we won't force it Mm -hmm. on you i feel like you guys have quite a bit of public art you're right but decent amount yeah um not to the degree that charleston has we don't have that like public art office within city hall that charleston has if we had that though it would be I don't know. I think we should. Right. I mean, mean, especially if you have the money. So we have the Office of Public Art is one person, and it's Jeff Pearson. And so you just need a Jeff Pearson for Huntington that kind of knows artists who want to work in this medium or are interested or can kind of create those um, requests for proposals or qualifications. And just on top of that, because, I mean, like, he's working all the time. It'd be better if you had a whole team. That'd be a healthy ecosystem to have. Just so you know, anybody listening in Huntington, if you have an office of public art, please have a team. 
Uh, so it's not all on one person, but it would be really good, especially if you have money and you have uh, building owners who are interested in doing that. And you've managed to now your murals are across the state. They're not so centralized mm-hmm. with one area. Uh, if you go to, you know, obviously the, the Charleston, um, Huntington, but uh, and these other towns within like, the. You want me to tell? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go, go across West Virginia. I um two in Thomas. I'm trying to think of this year. One in Morgantown, um, Clay County where I grew up in Big Otter, uh, Montgomery. Of course, Charleston in here, and then I feel like I'm forgetting something because I always do. <laughs> but that just speaks to like how many there are and how busy you've managed to be with doing it. Mm-hmm. Are you at a point where people are coming to you, or do you still have to like keep your eyes open for all of these like RFP postings? I think that, um, so I'm pretty for so I'm booked until summer and those jobs all came straight to me i don't know i think the last um request for proposal that i came or i applied for was for morgantown last winter um and then i ended up doing that over the summer but usually people are coming to me um at this point i'm also trying to be healthier and not um overwork yourself yeah Uh, I think I've already kind of hit that but it's not as bad as it was last year but I mean that's how I am doing so much is because I pushed myself to do it so that was cool for a year but now (laughs) I'm gonna try not to do that (laughs) you did enough to like get your foot in the door Mm -hmm. and like have people know what you're doing but now that you know they've paid enough attention you don't necessarily need to wear your body out yeah so now I'm like, well, okay. it's like, sorry for interrupting no. there. It's very like hard outdoor, like physical labor too. Mm-hmm. Well, um, most of them that I've done this year have been on polytab too. Uh, so a lot of it is done on this, these big sheets um, of fabric that I move from the studio and then install. Um, and that is just as terrible on my body, but it's just in a different way. <laughs> Um, so overall it's very physical. Um, I think if I took better care of myself and like ate while I was working and drank water and took breaks and it'd be fine. But, um, I feel like once you're in it, like you just can't stop. Once you build the momentum Mm -hmm. and you get going, it's like, Oh, I just push through. Yeah. (laughs) If you had to describe your like visual art style to someone who might not be all that familiar with your work would you have like an elevator pitch of like the imagery you like to use or like the themes you work around um I don't know so much about like a a good elevator pitch because I would just stumble through and be like I do a lot of nature inspired stuff um it's been described as whimsical um the imagery is a mix if I'm doing anything with figures, the figures usually have pretty realistic facial features as well as hands and feet. Everything else is made up of large blocks of color and kind of look like um, they're taken from elements of printmaking. A lot of bright colors, too. Lots of bright colors. Like really pop. Yeah, lots and lots of color, which I always... 
thought that it was so muted <laughs> until I looked at my Instagram and I was like, oh no, this is all super bright and in your face. Um, I, for some reason, told myself that, yeah, I use bright colors, but they're all a muted palette. And that was a lie. Just misleading lie. yourself. Yeah. I was scrolling through the grid earlier today mm -hmm. and that's what stood out of like all oh, this very playful and bright and there's not a lot of like dark undertones mm -hmm. to it it's very like fun mm -hmm. now any personal work is really dark <laughs> it's still bright colors but usually very dark undertones so but we don't need to talk about that <laughs> well do you find that you have to strike a balance between these things that you do for work for money and it's like these very like public facing pieces of art like finding time between that and then the work that you want to do for yourself oh yeah I haven't um painted anything for myself since last winter um so they just kind of live in my mind um for the time being some of them I've sketched down or like I've written down the concepts in my phone just on notes but um I haven't really had the time to do that because I wanted to I guess you know like put my feet down and just money work. yeah I need money, <laughs> and especially, I mean, like, uh, the materials are super expensive. I also now pay for a studio. It's not that expensive, but still, like, it, everything's expensive. And that studio's in the West Edge factory here in Huntington. Yeah. That's a space you moved in, what, late October, early November, mm -hmm. something like that? Yeah, I think it was October, yeah. Do you think it's important to have this kind of like workspace studio outside of your home that like you can go to and have like that kind of separation? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because when I'm at my house, um, I've already noticed there's a mental boundary that happens. So um, when I was working out of my house, I couldn't do anything like I couldn't watch TV or even hang out with my cats or eat without thinking like I should be working instead because it's just, you know, across the hallway and I knew I needed work to be done but driving an hour and having all of my paint somewhere else like I can't touch it at home so I don't ever really think about it it's if I ever think about work at home it's like planning and talking to clients and doing computer stuff it's never it forces you into this like work-life separation mm -hmm. where you have like a commute yeah and it's really important I think it's really important um because like I said, I don't want to feel guilty having a life outside of painting. <laughs> like, I want to be able to be a human. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's hang right. out, go to shows. <laughs> yeah, enjoy myself. Well, it also means we get to see you in Huntington way more, which that's is true. fun. Yeah. I've seen you more in the past two months than I ever have. <laughs> Granted, I only met you in person what a month and a half two months ago or yeah. something like that but i mean it it i think it was maybe september or october i started coming down a lot and then now yeah i have a studio here um i started seeing someone here and then so it was just like and then cynthia moved here and so everything just kind of is like in huntington so here i came yeah that's trotting along I'm look, like, hey guys, we welcome you with open on? arms we'll, i know it's been so we'll much steal fun. everyone from <laughs> charleston i mean it is a lot more fun. <laughs> I love Charleston, and I'm, you know, the artist I am because of Charleston. Like, mm -hmm. they gave me all these opportunities. Um, the the vibe's just different. The artist community just feels different. That was um, one 
interesting thing with um, talking to Chef Katie Jones. Mm. I'm not sure if those was part of the conversation. I was like on or off mic, but he said that because he is in Charleston most of the time and he only makes it out to Huntington like maybe once every other month or something, it means that his like Huntington friends have like more urgency to come see mm. him or like have his food. And it makes it like even more endearing for him to to come this side of the uh, the states. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I love when that happens. Oh, when you feel supported. Yeah, having buds. Yeah. Um, and then like he bringing Huntington people to Charleston and just you know creates this like dynamic where we're just sending people back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you were from Clay County, is that what you said? I am from Clay County. What part? I grew up on the line between Clay and Kanawha County, mm-hmm. um, about like five minutes from Beaumont. So if you know the Golden Delicious Apple, mm-hmm. that's where I grew up. That's where my the um, my main point of reference for that area is my um, friend had like a family farm in that area. Hmm. And we would go there for weekends to just like hang out and make crappy little like camcorder action movies. And we would pass the historical marker for the uh, Golden Delicious every time. So then you must have been close to Beaumont because I don't think we have one. They might have one just in the county. I don't know. Huh. Hmm. Who's your friend? Uh, His name's Trey Bennett. He, um,. Grew up in Alum Creek, though it was oh, okay. like a, it was like a, someone in the family has this property, and although they don't live there they, like full time, whenever someone in the family wanted to use it, they were mm-hmm. free to. Hmm. Was it the family had the last name Bennett? Yeah. <gasps> Bennett, that's in my holler. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Um, it was the first place I ever fired a gun. That farm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was terrible at skeet shooting. Oh, you know, that's so funny. I always, I like grew up with that family. I don't know anything about them. And now I'm learning so much. Mm. I'm like, huh, just imagining them all out there. Family hanging out. (laughs) Shooting guns. (laughs) I love that image. Some real redneck shit. Yeah, yeah. Not that redneck. No, it it wasn't. Like my holler wasn't that bad. I mean, yeah, there were like drugs and, Mm. you know. But every holler has that. Even Loudendale had that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is my holler. Yeah, which is closer to where I live now. Oh? Mm Mm-hmm. Where, up in South Hills? No. No, I wish. Uh, (laughs) 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 I live in a holler that's, like, right after Southridge, so, like, all of the shopping and stuff. Okay. Um, So, it's not... It's, like, uh, I would say probably, like, 10 minutes going the back way to get to Loudendale. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. The uh, the most dangerous road in Kanawha County. Is it? No. Okay. No, it's just one of those where, like, growing up there, it's like, oh, no, when you're learning how to drive, like, you need to mm. wait until you're ready to to try that road. Yeah, that one um, coming from, like, South Hills, that sharp, mm-mm, I hate that. I just passed right through. <laughs> no, thank you. So growing up in Clay County then were you doing like art stuff from a younger age did you just I don't want to say like fall into Mm -hmm. it but were you always like drawing or painting or whatever yeah I uh, 
um, like I started drawing as a kid. Um, I in high school I didn't really mess with acrylic, which is what I use now. I did a a lot of watercolor, and my first love was charcoal. Uh, so I did a lot of charcoal drawing, but I always did art um, since I was really little. My parents always kind of were like, "Oh, you're good at this," and then you know, like all my peers and um, teachers kind of gave me that validation as well. Um, so I just kept doing it just because that's what I was good at, or at least that's what they said. I mean, you know, I was, wasn't the best, <laughs> but good enough that people are like, yay, great job. That apple looks like an apple. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kept doing, just kept drawing apples, you know? Golden apple. Yeah, I, I did. I know I did do a painting um, for an art auction in high school of a golden delicious apple, I remember, because I used spray paint. Um, I thought it was so cool. It wasn't that cool. It's just <laughs> the teenage rebellion of using spray of, paint. Yeah, exactly. To make a golden delicious mm-hmm. apple. Yeah, it was like, I don't, I think it was like being dropped into water or something. I guess, so it was like a black background. I, I mean, I don't know. But w- when you're uh, picking up the tools and drawing and it, sticking out as the thing like oh i'm good at people supporting you were there any artists that stood out to you that you tried to like emulate or was it more you were just like noodling around until you found like a style that you liked oh no so for sure in um in high school uh, my art teacher kind of was like you learn art by completely like um copying other paintings and so i was always painting this artist um his name is Alex Party. Um, it was like lots of gross, like tentacle-looking monsters and stuff. I was an emo kid, and so that shit just was like for my soul at the time. And so I was painting a lot like that. Um, and then I remember I did a lot of portraits of like people with tattoos because that's what I wanted to do, um, and like mixing that with watercolor. It wasn't anything great or like I don't feel like I was really trying to express myself in art maybe I did a little bit but it was within the confines of making it look like someone else's so you mentioned tattoos and I did ask our mutual friend Cynthia McComas if there is anything I should ask you and she responded her story about how she started as an artist tattooing strangers on her couch is pretty good (laughs) So could you tell me about this? I mean, okay, so in high school, I wanted to be a tattoo artist uh, just because I felt so out of place. And I was like, this is the only job I can have as an artist. Um, So I got an apprenticeship when I was an an adult at a studio in Charleston that didn't work out pretty quickly. I realized I didn't want to be there. And so then I went to college and then uh, fast forward a few years and I became friends with someone who was working... um, for the same tattoo artist that I had an apprenticeship under. And I kind of gave up on tattooing, and she said that she wanted a hand-poked tattoo. And she didn't have anyone to do it, and so I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, and I did it, and it was terrifying, and I loved it. It was amazing. So have, do you have any hand-poked tattoos? No. Um, I only have one tattoo. Oh, with a machine. Or what's it? Okay, is it temporary? No, it's okay. it's real. It's right there on my okay. arm. Oh yeah. Friday thirteenth flash sale tattoo. <gasps> nice. 
that's a good one to have like one um but if you get a hand poke tattoo uh the needle makes a sound when it comes out of the skin and it sounds like a little pop or a little kiss and I like loved it so much which is so gross to say out loud I'm sorry I'm telling you this because I'm like looking at your face I'm like this sounds crazy (laughs) um but I really liked it and I always kind of wanted to do it um and so then I just started doing it I knew what ink to buy because um I have quite a few tattoos and so I made note of it um with the artist that I went to they didn't ask for my license or anything, so I just started buying the ink and having it shipped straight to my house. I had I bought seems like an oversight. <laughs> I bought like I bought needles from them too. I think I got all my sterilization stuff from them. I like bought a massage table. I like uh, co- like covered it with uh, plastic and redid everything. And then I was just like tattooing people at my house. And sometimes I go to their houses, um, especially if they were allergic to cats. And I did that here. I did that when I moved to Colorado. I did it when I came back. Um, but Bootleg then, underground yeah, tattoos. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I mean, like, I didn't have any money. I was just, like, trying to make enough money to live. And, yeah, I was just like, who wants a tattoo? Come to my house and let me tattoo <laughs> The experience at the tattoo shop, was this a thing where you didn't like say professional tattooing or was it just that like work environment or like that specific like work environment um I haven't been to another one so I can't say that it's them overall I will say that that specific one I didn't I didn't enjoy Mm -hmm. um so had it been the right environment or a different vibe then I think so you could be Nicole the tattoo artist yeah Nicole the muralist I don't know well I say yes but like Sometimes I would cry after tattooing people because of the pressure. Yeah, because I was tattooing my friends and imposter syndrome is a real thing. And I would, <laughs> would tell myself that they didn't want to be my friend anymore. And I like messed up their skin and then I would cry. So I don't know if I actually could <laughs> be a tattoo artist. Because is like every, every, being a painter, it's paint. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, okay, I'll cover it. That's fine. But like skin is different. Like, yeah, no, tattoo, it stays on you. But if a building changes hands and they don't like your mural, they'll just just paint over it. Yeah. Bye. They should give you warnings so you can, like, take a picture beforehand. Oh, yeah. I mean, I try to get pictures. I don't, I'm really bad about getting pictures and stuff. But I try to get them right when I finish it because I have this thing where I'm like, okay, it's out of my hands now. If anything happens to it, whatever. And it's also probably like the brightest it will be too, like mm-hmm. in its like true, not truest form, but like its freshest state. Yeah, before all the UV exposure uh, and just grime. That damn sun <sighs> ruins everything. I say that, but like <laughs> these days, I want a little bit more sun. Yeah, this five ten sunsets horseshit. I know. I feel like it's so late. I know it's not. There was a little glimmer of sunlight when i had my lunch break today and it was the nicest thing did you close your eyes and put your face toward it i should have next time i should have you know when like it snows and someone will close their eyes and stick their tongue out Mm -hmm. to like catch a snowflake should have did that but for the sun's rays just yeah (laughs) that's a very visual joke to make on what is a uh audio form but you know what i'm leaving it in (laughs) anyway uh 
so you're doing underground bootleg tattoos mm-hmm. at a friend's house and you're going to state for art school. What's the art program there like? How was it for you? Um, so state is pretty small. I mean, like, uh, at, at some points I definitely, I'm not going to lie. Like I wanted to leave and I thought about, um, going to Shepherd and moving. Um, but then I took two of the summers and I went abroad for other, um, art programs. And then I kind of was like, I went to one that was heavily based, um, in concept. It was, where do you go? This, that one was in Berlin. Um, and it was called cognitive capitalism. It was the, the name of the course. And it was the most elitist bullshit I've ever experienced. And I hated it. And then I was like, I like state. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks. Cause like Berlin is supposed to be like this cool, like underground art city mm-hmm. almost. And to deal with like all the elitism. Well, it's because it was a tra- It's a traveling art Institute. Mm-hmm. Berlin was amazing. And I, I loved it so much. I like, I kind of stopped going to class and just hanging out in the city. Um, As you should. Yeah, and I had a great time, but with the class, it was mainly, I don't think we had any German students. It was, everyone came, it was international. Um, I think there were like maybe three um, people from the U.S. and then everyone else came from around the world, but. Did you go to the um, Bauhaus exhibit when the Huntington Museum had it? Um, You know what, I think I did. I also saw it, um. Never, never mind. I saw it in Aspen. <laughs> I was like, "Don't say that." But I used to live in a really, <laughs> in a really poor neighborhood <laughs> in Colorado, and then I would drive to Aspen because their museum was free. But um, they have the Bauhaus Institute mm-hmm. in Aspen. Um, that was so good. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, you go to Berlin for one summer. What was the other? Oh, London. Mm-hmm. I stick, my- in, stick into Europe. Yeah, I sold my car to like pay for those um the london so london was the first time i like traveled by myself uh internationally and then yeah berlin i guess i chose europe because it was it just seems easier you know it wasn't like it was already going out of my comfort zone um but not too much good rail network yeah unlike the non-existent commuter train between yeah. <laughs> uh so what brought you out to Colorado then was it just wanting to get away and seeing if you could live elsewhere um I went for AmeriCorps oh god you were in the core I made that face when you started talking about AmeriCorps your fellow vet yep uh (laughs) I um hey we took the same oath to protect and (laughs) against uh enemies both foreign and domestic you held your hand up inside that I think maybe I did I think it's a part of the oath virtually I did it same but it didn't feel the same. You know? Yeah, we weren't all in the same room. Yeah, that's why I couldn't. Hand on the flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you did AmeriCorps. Did. You lived mm-hmm. with the... Um, that stipend? Yeah. That the, yeah. That's why I was like, I did not live in Aspen. The most dirt poor <laughs> salary that the American government gives out. Yes. The AmeriCorps stipend. What were you doing? Um, I was working at this place called uh, Garco Design Works. I'm like, what was the name of it? Um, it was this program through their community college where um, people could come and work because uh, you needed to be working a certain amount of hours to obtain your 
um, government benefits. So we mainly had um, like mothers who were coming to work with us. They also had this uh, program where they would um, learn kind of like financial literacy, um, anything dealing with like um, having a family and struggling with money. And so they would come and they'd make these reusable bags out of, forget the material. I'm like, this is all, it's been blacked out of my mind. <laughs> the material was a medical wrap, like they uh, wrap boxes for the autoclave on the outside. And so they would make these reusable bags and then give it for the recycling program. Um, it was this whole thing. I was supposed to be doing grant writing. I didn't. Um, <laughs> I was a great employee, I swear. <laughs> I was a great employee, I swear, is how I respond to most of my memories about just, doing mine. It was, the program was going under and like no one was being honest about it. Were you, did you apply for that specific program of yes. like, oh, this is in Colorado, let's try that out? Yes, and to this site specifically mm -hmm. because I wanted to be there where they were making these bags and it was main, like it was rant. It was run by women, and then most of the participants were women as well, and so I wanted to be there. Um, and it was a great time, but like I said, like, it they just, everyone was in denial, and then I just sat there, and I was like, I'm not making a website for something that's not going to exist in two yeah. months. Like, why would I put my time and effort into this? So, some of the stuff that I'm, my project funded still stands so <gasps> good yeah that's nice that's what's supposed to happen yeah yeah you know out of capacity building exactly yeah <laughs> you know we are uh, building capacity and we're trying to address the topic of blight <laughs> in low-income neighborhoods yep. uh, uh mine was we were um we had i only ended up doing it for a year but the um program was through one of like michael bloomberg's many philanthropic mm. arms and we basically had a pool of money to give out for community mini grant projects uh, that could be used to just make the community look better mm. um, basically band-aids instead of like bigger like structural issues because those cost a lot more yeah um but like the facelift. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, so like that planter box beside the wild ramp on the side where the mural is. Uh, I didn't pay for the mural. <laughs> I did pay for the planter box. You, know, you spend this time in Colorado and then you come back home. I came back home. Yep. The, well, the mountains were calling and you had to, to go. First. You went to Portland first, yeah. <laughs> and then I then I crawled. Home. Small sojourn <laughs> to Portland. Was it just like, oh, I'm gonna try to move to Portland, or I had an apartment. I moved to Portland. I moved downtown. Mm -hmm. What year would that have been? This was in 2020. Yeah, um, in the summer of 2020, I moved to Portland. I had a residency in Charleston, um, but it was going to be virtual. Or at least that's what we thought. And then they hadn't decided whether we needed to come in or not. Um, so I was just like in Portland um, without a job waiting to see if they needed me to come to Charleston or not. Um, and then they were like, oh, we're doing it virtual. And I said, oh, okay, well, great. And then I was like, I don't want to be. That was when 
all of the fires started ha- happening around too and it was really scary because as someone from West Virginia I didn't know how to deal with that um so like when you can't see in front of your face when you're outside and everything is orange it's kind of scary and so I just like I said I'm breaking my lease and I'm leaving and so then I traveled around in a <laughs> in a van <laughs> for, Hashtag a w- van <laughs> yeah, for a couple of months um you know I just really wanted to feel terrible about myself and my situation and so after that then I crawled home yeah (laughs) the summer those fires were happening it was so bad that like the haziness spread this far Mm -hmm. east it was so like it felt post-apocalyptic almost yeah so I couldn't imagine even like being in the shit it was so it was, yeah, it was really awful. Um, like, the world should have chosen between a pandemic or that, but having both is just unfair. Well, then you put the, you know, recent floods on top of it. Oh. It's just like, you know. The floods, the uh, the winter storms, yeah. they're, what, a year, two years. It all bleeds together. Like, like was it 2020 did this just happen this morning where was i was it yesterday (laughs) yeah my brain's broken (laughs) i have no sense of time it isn't real we made it up that's what it feels like more and more every day yeah no we're (laughs) fucked this isn't like a doomerism podcast or anything (laughs) but i was thinking that i was like everyone's so happy i'm gonna get on there i'm gonna make but are we screwed (laughs) that's okay we're just riding out the end of the world we're vibing until it blows up yeah that's all you can do so why not make big bright beautiful murals yeah why not b b b m's oh i'm gonna put that on a leather jacket yeah and wear it with my new blue converse (laughs) (laughs) get a get up get a pair of like painter coveralls and just have it stitched on the back or like really subtle right on the chest Mm -hmm. like where the name tag would be BBBMs. Yeah. Oh my God. You can ha- you can have that one for free. I <laughs> won't you. even you won't charge even you IP rights. Or f- ask for a sweatshirt. But maybe a sweatshirt. <laughs> I mean, Bunny gave me a sweatshirt. <laughs> what are you going to give me? <sighs> That's how I'll uh, guilt trip everyone who does this show into giving me free shit. I would. So have you enjoyed being back in Charleston or are you just riding it out until you can go elsewhere? Again? No, I, I think... Well, so... You know, at that time, I didn't like being there. I very much, I think I needed to leave. And then now I'm like, I like, I don't know so much about Charleston. I like being in West Virginia. I really like, um, I feel like I have a community here, even though it's not centralized. Um, I feel like the state in general is super supportive. And I, yeah, I want to be here. Um, For now, Charleston's great. It feels like a good Come to Huntington. (laughs) Move it all here. Cynthia's here. I know. I'm here. Your partner's here. All the time. I'm here all the time. It'll save you gas money. Yeah. Wear on your car. I'm sorry, Charleston. (laughs) I have to do it. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I have a whole house. I have three cats. Yeah, that's true. Them getting adjusted to a new space. Yeah. I don't know. I live beside my sister, but she's she's about to leave. She's about to move. So Um, when she's gone. 
Well, make sure someone cool takes over her house then. That's why I'm like, uh, what if someone really creepy moves in? Yeah. Then I got to be creepy too. A real wad could be your neighbor <laughs> or someone cool if okay. you recruit them. So you mentioned you are booked throughout the summer, you said. So Where I, all are you uh, going to be working out of? So I can start now. I can start booking for the summer. Um, so the winter... I have, I think, one mural that's on site in Charleston. And then I have um, a few on Polytab. So I have two that I'm working with two other artists um, on. So I have one for Beckley and one for Fayetteville. And then I have a large one for uh, Parkersburg. And, oh, and another one um, with some help from students at WVSU and Institute. So are these like local, like municipal governments or business owners mix of the two? Um, let's see. Parkersburg is being funded by the Art Center and then um, WVU Parkersburg. And then um, Fayetteville is being funded and it's going on uh, Love Hope Gallery. Beckley. Not sure if you're not, supposed to say. I'm not sure where the money's coming from. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> I'm like, it's some kind of I don't know where it's coming government. from. All I know I don't is know. I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. Is it easier to work with businesses or governments, or is there more like legal tape you have to go through if a government's trying to get you to do something? Or are there more steps in that, like, getting like your design approved and then you can go big with it um overall i think working with the government's more difficult it doesn't have to be um because sometimes it's like I, the one in morgantown was super easy to deal with um it's just if they have a committee and um then they're going to go through the design a lot parkersburg was super easy with the design and with money too i don't know what i'm talking about actually it's really easy i feel like i haven't had that much trouble. No um, horror stories. No, not necessarily. I mean, of course, a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, of course, with projects that also didn't happen because, you know, money and dealing with that type of stuff. Um, dealing with a college is difficult just because it's a college. Um, so if you've ever been to college and you needed financial aid, then you know it's difficult just to deal with money. Um, but... Small businesses are usually really easy. You send them a contract, and then you say, I need this much up front, and then you pay me the rest at the end, and then they say, okay, um, <laughs> which is cool. Sometimes they say, no, 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 and then, you're, and then you say, if you don't really want to do it anyway, then you say, okay, bye, but if you really want to do it, then maybe sometimes you haggle. Pony yeah, up a yeah, little bit. a little bit, but um, if it's not a project that you don't want to do, don't let them push you around. <laughs> So when you do something like this, do you have to come up with like design samples to give to them and they pick of like the three mm -hmm. or? So I don't, my process is um, I design three concept sketches. They're really loose. And then I write um, something to go along with it to explain what they're looking at. And usually I don't send those before um, being paid. So I'll tell them how much I charge um, so I charge 25 per square foot. So if they have a certain budget, then I can tell them how big it's going to be. Or um, if they tell me what wall they want covered, I can tell them how much it will be. 
And so once they say that's okay, then I ask for 50% up front. And so then once they pay that, then I'll send them three concept sketches. They decide which one they like the best, and then I'll revise it with anything that they want to change and then go forward with it. Um, that's not always the case, but that's usually what I try to do. Just to kind of help like streamline mm-hmm. process and then get their input to a degree. Yeah, but not too much. Not too much, no. Yeah. They're not the artists. They're just yeah. the ones with the money. <laughs> so I'm like, what? They can leave it to you. Yeah. Um, Cynthia also said that you recently did a keynote speech at the Capitol. What was that like? Well, it was at the Clay Center okay. at the um, at the museum, and they put me in the planetarium. And yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was so wild. Um, so I was. It was for Career Art Day. Um, so they had a bunch of high school students there. And so I think they said it was like 200. And so they put me at the bottom of the planetarium and they projected some images for me. And I kind of just talked to them about like what I've done. So I told them about tattooing because I was like, this is, I, I didn't just become a muralist and I've struggled quite a bit just for money. Um, I'm very lucky, but still uh, it's crap for a little bit. <laughs> like you can't just a, think that you're going to walk into it maybe you will maybe you'll be blessed you know and you just go right into it so um I was really sweaty the whole time and I feel like I told them to how sweaty I always am (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it was good and like uh, a few of them came up to me afterwards and they took their picture with me it was so sweet and it felt good because I don't know like you're in your bubble and I've been producing a lot but it kind of just feels like what's the point like why am I even doing this and then to like be there and um to kind of be reminded that this isn't a normal thing and I never thought that I could do this growing up and to be able to like show them that it is being a working artist is possible yeah it it was really cool what was it like having your images projected on a big screen like that (laughs) like was that kind of surreal it was like it, it was no like I paint really big. I mean, not really. It was kind of weird because I like I um included some images of me as a child, and so to look up behind me and see like my giant baby face <laughs> was kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> but uh, like seeing art that big is like, yeah. I mean, that's how big it usually is anyway. So it wasn't that. I think I've gotten over that part. Do you? have this experience where if you're looking at like a geotag on Instagram and you're scrolling through, you see people like pose in front of your murals. You know what? Um, I try not to be on Instagram a lot. That's why I told you I was like, text me because <laughs> I don't like being on here. Um, I did. I was looking for references of the Capitol um, for a small painting and I found images of this uh, building that I painted the windows on. What they were, I guess they're leasing the building. And so a few of their main images are of uh, my paintings on the windows. And so I said, I I just giggled and I was like, I'm stealing that. (laughs) That's my picture. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to use that on my portfolio. 
because they looked really great. So, the, yeah, it makes me happy to see that um, if anyone wants to tag me. I mean, like, when people tag me on Instagram, I'll see it, but I don't. Um, you don't seek out, like, mm-mm. hashtags or anything. Mm-mm. Maybe I should, though. I try not to. Look how to. happy it just made me. See? I feel like I should. A little adrenaline rush. I know. I'm so sweaty again. But <laughs> what if you go on the tag and you don't see it? Will it make you sad or? Ooh. Like, could it have an adverse effect? Maybe. But maybe I should feel that, too. Nah. <laughs> Why feel bad? We're old bad enough. I thought we covered that. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I just ha- I just slipped up for a second. Making joy in the uh, face of uh, world terror. Yeah. yeah just Not to be a downer. But, but it's true. Yeah. yeah. Things yeah. are bad, turns out. Yeah. Slap some paint on an ugly building makes people happy. Mm-hmm. Call it community renewal. Yeah. Capacity building. Exactly. You can read. Best practices. <laughs> Cynthia knows how much I hate like uh, nonprofit buzzwords. Mm. I only did it for a summer, and I have this like deep hatred of it. For like six months? No, did I did. The- I did it for a year, oh, okay. but like concentrated over the oh, summer. Okay. I was like, "Are you with that? Are you though? Did you do the whole?" Thing? Hey, look, I did a tour of duty <laughs> in West Huntington. I got choppered in while. Uh, uh, proud Mary played. But like joking aside, at least you were here. Yeah. And so you're able to like see the stuff that you've done. That was my um first summer out of college too. So it's like, oh, am I going? No, it wasn't. It was, I worked in a call center the first summer out of college, but it was like graduate college, work in a call center, then work at the city. That, mm. that was the timeline. There's a lot more me in this episode than there usually oh, is. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, people need to get to know you. Yeah, well, I'm going to save that for the episode where I make someone interview me. Oh. Do the reversal. <gasps> okay. Yeah. If you want to do that, I'll call you and I'm get a... to the 50th episode. Okay. I feel like I'd be bad at it, but maybe that could be fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. So is there any advice you would have to someone who's either just getting their foot in the door making art or someone who wants to work at maybe a larger scale like you do um yeah i think um for we'll start with working larger scale first just because i feel like that's easier to tackle um if you don't have a ton of money just like get newsprint um or use cardboard i used to paint on cardboard a lot and do like cardboard cutouts um and i used to use craft paint from walmart too um like the apple barrel or whatever um if you don't have the funds to like go and get like artist grade paints and also if you're just practicing and seeing how uh to go about it just try it i mean nothing nobody cares (laughs) like just if you're interested in doing it just do it you don't have to show anyone and also if you show people they're going to be excited about it just because for some reason people love tiny things and people love giant things um not a big market for medium like, things. <laughs> no, I know. Or that but could be your niche if I you're out there listening. Like standard size. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just try some. Try it out with some cheap materials first, and also like if you have friends who have who own their places or anything like that, like and they want something done in their house, maybe cut them a deal or have them buy the supplies if you want to go that route um i've done jobs that 
I just wanted to do, and I ended up in the hole for it. Um, so, yeah, just, just do it. The Nike method. I know. Every time I say it, I feel bad, but I just do it. It's such, that's why it's, it's so the good. slogan. It's very <laughs> good. it sticks around. Yeah. I mean. At least you didn't steal the swoosh. <laughs> I mean, you can. I know. For an up, just, I just did it with mural. my hand. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Like the uh, Disney Channel thing. Oh, my God. I need but a wand. <laughs> like one of those, um, what are those things that you break? Glow stick. The glow stick. I yeah. need the glow stick and to do it. Why did I just like Forget the word glow stick. Yeah. Because um, it's not in the daily vernacular. <laughs> How often do you bring up glow sticks not, not enough really very much younger maybe that's our new year's resolution is to use bring the word back. glow stick on a weekly basis oh my God, we could take them really just shoehorn it in okay that's what you should do a mural about glow sticks you know what i would love to do a mural with neon that would be amazing so if you're a building owner and you want a neon mural. Yeah, you want a mural and then you want to put some neon on top of it. But if you want to pay the artist for yanking this shit for free, not no, on Commonplace. No, no, you're not. On this show, you're paying for it. Yep, $25 per square foot. Very reasonable rate, as you <laughs> said in the other interview. <laughs> yep, so, uh, yeah, it'll be... Uh, what was the other question? Oh, it was just advice for artists. Oh, in general? Yeah. Yeah, make friends. Yeah, do what you can. Like, even if you, in your heart, are an asshole, like, don't act like an asshole. <laughs> because, yeah, it's really important. Like, everyone, um, especially if you're here in West Virginia, everyone's really supportive. Mm -hmm. It's also a small but pool, and if you're a dick, word will get around. Yes, it will. And even if you're, like, prolific, even if you are incredible yeah, hot shit it doesn't people will know yeah i mean like it's it's not gonna matter that much um it'd just be better you can be mediocre and be a nice person and you're probably gonna get work and people are gonna be happy that you're doing what makes you happy yeah and that they're paying a nice person yeah. for it and then maybe you know in time that cold heart will soften up just like the grinch grow <laughs> three sizes that day <laughs> this is going to come out after christmas so that won't be as timely uh, but oh well. Yeah. Well, you know, just to remind people of the holidays. Yeah, the spirit. Yeah. Just so you know that happened a little bit ago. Yeah. You remember back. last month when that <laughs> holiday happened? <laughs> yeah. Actually, this might be the first episode of the new year, so <gasps> it's not that untimely. Oh. Yeah. Okay, bring in the new year. Bring in the new year. Everybody paint big. Do you have any big 2022? Tw no, 2023. <laughs> God, <laughs> broken brain. Do you have any resolutions for 2023? Mm. I need to be better about um, my financial situ situation. I need to be better about taxes. Mm -hmm. um, what if you just didn't pay them? Well, you know, I keep getting this letter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. They know. Not from the IRS. Okay. It's from Charleston. And I think it's. I don't think it's relevant to me, but they've sent me at least six of the same thing. Um, so I should Sounds probably... wasteful. I know. And I'm like, I've, I know I've checked the box to be emailed, so I don't know why you're sending this to me. Um, so I should probably like deal with things like that. Mm -hmm. um, also, just making sure I don't overbook myself and try not to do so many projects that I'm like not excited about just for money. Yeah, I'd like to um, kind of focus more on things that i want to do that way i can use that for references and focus on playing with your rezo machine <gasps> yes so that's what i 
that's what I got. I went to Minneapolis last week, two days. I don't know what this time uh, recently to go pick that up. And I'm super excited. And I hope we get very close to each other. I want to learn everything about this one machine. Um, and Become one with it. Yeah. I was whispering to it while driving it. I was like, I love you. We're going to be so close. Have you given it a name? No, I haven't. I haven't even plugged it in. <laughs> I like bought a new master drum this morning because I saw it plugged in at this guy's house who I don't know who I went to his house mm-hmm. to pick up this Rizzo in Minneapolis. Um, and it was plugged in and he's like, oh, there's this issue. And I was like, I don't care. Let's get it in the car. And so <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it. I'm going. I also like, yeah, I felt kind of weird there. Mm-hmm. A little sketch. Yeah, he was he was great. He was a great guy. But it's okay because it's back home. It's back home with in me. In your house. Mm-hmm. Just chilling. Yeah, maybe it works. But if it doesn't, I'm going to learn how to make it work. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're going to be so close to each other. We're make beautiful Rizzo prints. Yeah. Um, I guess it, so it is old. <laughs> and so I can't plug the computer into it, which I didn't know. Um, so I think I'll maybe start with like sketches and charcoal drawings and just do it layered like that. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know how to use this machine. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned, you know, when it comes to advice, getting to know your local arts community, Mm -hmm. make friends. Who are important people within your arts community that you lean on for feedback or advice or just hangs? (sighs) You know, okay, here we go. And I always forget something, just like with the murals. You always forget it's the kids. Okay. Um, so Emily and Betsy of Base Camp, so they hired me when I, like, didn't have a job, and they would just let me come in and work for money so that I could also have time to be a muralist and figure that out. So, like, all of this is because of them, too. And also they're just great people, and they support everyone. So And they you, do incredible incredible work this is so clean every time i just don't understand how they line up their prints i each color is insane every time one of their mountain stage posters drop i am brought so much joy because of just how good they are and they do it so quick yeah it i can't imagine the time it takes doing just like one of those or how long it would take me because i'm like bad at art (laughs) stuff but, like, as many as they do for that show, and, like, that isn't even, like, a fraction of the business they do. Right. It's incredible. It's, they're insane. In the best ways. The most wonderful ways. Um, I'm like, okay, you know Cynthia. Mm-hmm. Always been supportive since I've met her. We met um, at, when we had a job at a place that I won't name. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, she's been so supportive this entire time with whatever I wanted to do. Like the reason I bought a Rizzo was because of her. Cause I said, I wanted to do it over coffee and she said, you need to do it. And then I said, okay, impulse buy, I'm going to buy it <laughs> and drive it there to get it. Um, I'm like all of my friends, anyone and everyone, I mean, meeting, um, Seth and Nellie and everyone and Thomas was really amazing. And then I met them because of being in the foundation, the Tamarack Foundation, so everyone I haven't there. been there yet, but I want and to. And Thomas? No. At all? No. I'm sorry, I'm screaming. It's Please okay. Please edit that quieter. Oh. Everyone has to go. 
<laughs> and just and when you go, be nice to everyone. Um, I wanted to go last month when my uh, buddy Abe Partridge was playing <gasps> at the Purple Fiddle, but I just couldn't make it. You know Abe? Have you heard of Abe? Ah, ah. Okay, so I'm almost finished with the podcast. Yeah, Alabama. Yes. So good. <laughs> so good. But so just a clarification people listening Abe Partridge has this podcast out called uh, Alabama Astronaut it's about him going to all these different snake handling churches to document the music and it kind of becomes about like his own like religious journey too he used to be a Baptist preacher he then joined like the military and songwriter now it's he's so cool I don't know him personally. I saw his show at Love Hope, mm-hmm. which is a church, an old church that they've made into an art gallery. So seeing his stuff in there, I was like, oh, my God. And then I just remembered his work from there. Saw him at HMAP yeah. from afar. But I was just like, oh, there's that guy. Hey. <laughs> and like saw him perform and was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so the art. And then the music, and then started his podcast while I was driving to go get the Rizzo. I started it, and just it, it you know, kept me alive that whole time. If you like Nicole's work, keep up to date with her on social media where she is known as Coco is Painting or go for a walk in the neighborhood. One of her most recent works is by the tennis courts in Ritter Park here in Huntington. And wherever you are, if there isn't a Nicole mural nearby, there might be one there soon enough. Thank you for listening to Commonplace, the show's hosted and produced by me, Nathan Thomas. Our theme song is Rescio by Goodwolf from the album Car in the Woods. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Commonplace. Yeah.